welcome again to another episode of the Best of All Possible Podcast. <laughs> I am your host, Robert Weathers, and as you well know, we here at Panglossian Productions in Williamsburg, Virginia, have a love for the weird. And boy, do we have some weird for you today. We love unproduced and underproduced, and we also love 10-minute plays. And man, if all that combines together, we've got a real gym. And I'm happy to bring one with, uh, with our company to you t here today. That was a weird way to say that, but there you go. We're not cutting it. <laughs> Keep rolling. <laughs> now, here to help us uh, today in the special chair that is just to my right is returning guest Christina Westenberger. So, Christina, uh, you're, you sit in the special chair, so you get the special question. The, the one that's... Tangentially, that's my favorite word, isn't it? <laughs> uh, related to the play that we're about to read. And it's kind of a strange question, but that'll go right along with what we're doing here tonight. Do you have a favorite fake word? A made-up word? I, some examples being things I, things I say is like, yoink? Or, butamus? Uh, is there one that you don't, don't mind sharing? <laughs> so many. There are so many. <laughs> um, I do have many uh -huh. made-up words. Chippy Chop is a good one. Chippy Chop. Oh, <laughs> that's a good one. So how do you how do you use Chippy Chop? <laughs> We're leaving Chippy Chop. Oh, move it. <laughs> that's right. Um, everyone in my family is called Sparky, <laughs> including the cats. Including oh. both cats, whose names aren't Sparky. So is so is that used sort of in a uh, I'm trying to remember your name and can't or is it just what you call people? It's really kind of a put down. Oh, I see. <laughs> I, I always thought it was an upbeat, playful. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so offended now. For not. 20 years of marriage, it's you've been not. called. It's not. Uh, but I love you. <laughs> So normally at this point I would uh, tell you the name of the play. We're going to hold off on that for just one second because as you can hear, Christina's husband, Michael Westenberger, is here with us tonight. Hi, Michael. Yay! How about you, Michael? Do you have any fun or favorite made-up words that you say? Uh, again, I think we share Chippy Chapa. A lot uh -huh. of it is, is with our kids. We have two kids, 13 and 14. And and uh, for those out in the listening audience that have teenage kids, sometimes it it's the you know the three and four or 22 times asking them to do something. So... <laughs> Sometimes it's chippy choppada. That means it's we're serious. You gotta really hurry up. That's such a whimsical term for now things are getting serious. <laughs> chippy choppa. We try to be playful. Exactly. That's good. And and joining us, uh, joining Christina and Michael with us here tonight. To my left is Lizzie Thomas. Welcome, Lizzie. Yay! Any favorite words, Lizzie? Any favorite fake words? I can tell you what Liz Liz's favorite oh, word is. It's no, not right. a fake word. It's a real word. Is but how she uses it Tory? is uh, Tory. <laughs> no, <laughs> the word I was thinking of is chickens. It is. <laughs> I was about to say I curse weird. Um, it, it comes, I guess, from like I used to be a camp counselor, so you can't like say, you know, oh shit, I just stubbed my toe. So I, I curse weird, and somehow I like chickens has become my curse word. Examples are <laughs> what the chickens. Yeah, like seriously. Or people are going to look at this and wonder what's happening. What's the chickens? <laughs> <laughs> what the chickens is happening? Yeah, yeah. So I guess like it's not really a made-up word, but yeah, I curse weird. And it, it comes from being around uh, um, tiny ears, as, as we used to I say. see. You know, well, that makes young sense. Young ears, yeah. So. Yeah. 
If you're a young person listening to this show, make sure you ask mom and dad. Or better, share it with mom and dad and let them know they ought to be listening. <laughs> well, we're, we're happy to have you here, Liz. And joining Liz is Sharon Hollins. Welcome, Sharon. You know I'm going to ask you. Sharon is a little bit of a wordsmith, I think. So. Yeah, because I can't think of any made-up ones. <laughs> I've been trying to think of one. <laughs> <laughs> I bet it'll come to you while we're, sure while we're reading through. Well, ladies and gentlemen, uh, we have a really awesome play here for you uh, t uh, tonight. It's a play called Timbuktu by B.E. Turner. Now, uh, this is described as an irreal play, and I will confess to you that I am unfamiliar, unfamiliar with irrealism. I-R-R-E-A-L, by the way, is how that's spelled, not ear as in the ear on your side of your head. Uh, so, uh, the official definition, Wikipedia, uh, <laughs> is irrealism is a term that has been used by various writers in the fields of philosophy, literature, and art to denote specific modes of unreality and or the problems in concretely defining reality. So uh, this is a cold read, ladies and gentlemen. I'm going to tell you, this is going to be a little bit of a difficult cold read, I think, for our folks here. So I just want to reiterate that they have not seen this play before, uh, and they, don't, uh, they, know the, they know the cast because I sent it out to them, but I'm going to assign it to them now for the benefit of the listeners. Uh, Christina, if you would be so kind as to read Diner. Uh, Michael, please read Diner 2. That's T-O-O. -O, Diner 2. Got it. Uh, uh, Sharon, please read Waiter, and Liz, if you would please read Chef. Sure. The description of the characters, our diner, is a diner. Uh, diner 2 is another diner. Waiter <laughs> is a waiter, and Chef is a chef or maitre d'. The scene is, uh, the scene being, the scene is a restaurant with a table and chairs. There are some notes here that I think are useful for the mind of the listener as we go through these. The notes are, the costumes can be fantastical if you wish. For example, a superhero, a gorilla, a ballet dancer, a chimera, is that right? Yes. Chimera. Chimera, thank you. A dainty flower, clown, other. The characters may be any sex, race, or species. The diners may or may not remain seated and may move about the stage in dramatic and inappropriate ways. <laughs> I'm going to save the synopsis here uh, for the uh, discussion part of the play, but everybody ready to go? I hope so. Let's sure. dive in. Ladies and gentlemen, Timbuktu, a short aerial play by B.E. Turner. Oh, by the way, I'll be reading the stage directions as usual. At the start, diner enters, waves to the audience, blows them kisses, does the giddy goat, asks for applause claps her hands, eventually sits at a table, picks up the menu, which is a folded card with the legend, the Café Irreal, quote-unquote, the Café Irreal, on the side facing the audience. Waiter enters and waltzes up to the table. It's Irreal, is it? Indeed so. Is that theater of the absurd? Worse. They'll never understand it. It doesn't matter. Will there ever be an X? Explanation. Wait for the chef's imposition. Would you have a preference to order? My preferences are in any order. Indeed so. Are the pickled eels feet fresh? Pickled only this morning. I'll have a bushel. Wait, waiter's writing on a notepad. One pack of pickled eels feet. Hmm. And 
find the conger sauce. The conger sauce is not on the menu, Fräulein. It's right here. She shows a blank menu so the audience can see it. Indeed, it has appeared. One galleon conger sauce. Dan died like a substance of quirky duck's quack for desert. A choir of quirky duck's quack. Hmm, that is correct. Have you written my order down exactly? Indeed, sir. Hmm. I hear that this establishment sometimes fails to make correct notes and that on these occasions the diner fails to receive the correct menu. That is, if the diner does not order the correct menu. I shall request the chef to confirm. Waiter exits. Diner 2 enters, walks around the stage in a circular fashion and in a jaunty or otherwise manner comes up to the table. May I take a seat? Where to? Timbuktu. Hmm, that'll do. Diner 2 takes the chair and carries it to the opposite side of the stage and sits or stands or does handstands or other tricks or may do nothing at all. <laughs> Chef enters with a notebook and place saver with Timbuk 2 in the holder and puts place saver on the table. Don't you have numbers in your place savers? No, places. We like to make sure they know where they are. I might check your order, senorita. You wish for a choir of peacock's tongues in aspic with a spiral jumbo sauce. Hmm, that is correct. The chef is ticking it off. And a squirt of cow's moo on a bed of marmalade dew. That is correct. Tick. Your fellow diner is afar off. That is correct. Chef goes to diner two. Why seat you afar off, sire? I'm at Timbuktu! I need to inform you, sire, that you are geographically challenged. Timbuktu is at that table afar. Indeed, so I see. The chef escorts diner two and chair back to table by a roundabout route. The chef stands behind the table preening his mustache, if he has one. Waiter enters with two empty plates and places them before the diners. Just what I ordered. It pleases me that your menu is correct. Uh, but these plates are empty and I haven't ordered. What do you expect? We only have ten minutes to complete this play. <laughs> We'd better get on to the ending then. We need to have desert first. That would be a good ending. I agree, but we should have had an entree at the start. That means there would have been a proper structure with a beginning, a middle, and an end, as has of times been declaimed by professors Pilcher and Westcott in their apoplexy on the art of polemics. What would you prefer? Mm, I'll have a Sahara Desert. Uh, and I'll have a Gobi. Waiter, consummate these orders. Waiter removes the empty plates and goes. What do we do while we wait for desert? We will have to explain the logical consequence. And what is that? The author's explication. I, I can't do it. Yes, you can. His words are in your mouth. Diner 2 stands forth and declaims. <clears throat> Let us first take down the sun. Why do that? It will permit the stars to shine in the blue-black welkin. A logical confusion. Subsequent to which we could pick these stars and store them in your old kit bag so they could be delivered to the ex to the eternal, infernal, old, gray-bearded infidel who would be revealed trailing clouds of glory. 
A delightful conflagration. Subsequently, this flagrant clownage would be dismantled and all would be resolved into a singularity along with all creatures who would dissolve and return with the big, the big, the big something or other. Hmm, highly salubrious. Somewhat dubious. Waiter enters with two empty plates, which he places. Uh, what are those? These are your entrees, sir. But we haven't ordered entrees yet. That doesn't matter. We leave them to start the play. So we have the start in the middle. It has to go somewhere. As good as anywhere. Now give us your elaboration. What I say now is the sense of the sensible. Beneath the sense is the senseless, which we may derive by diving into choppy sea under the waves, which form the logical construction of thought. And you may believe you have a firm foundation and all is real, and may not wish to abandon the safe and secure picture of this unreal world, for behind the unsafe carpentry is a dark sea of that which is yet to be resolved. There is applause. Yay! <laughs> now we might have desert. Waiter takes the plates and goes. Chef stands on a soapbox if there is one. Within the psyche is the mind, and within the mind are the two moieties, the real and the irreal, the left and the right. In the real we cling to the wreckage of safe certainty, but in the irreal we enter the unsafe world of dreams, absurdities, impossibilities, the place where the accepted laws of nature and logic are broken. And why should we enter this realm which we are so reluctant to experience? Because it is the center, it is the source of creation, and the next step on the way we should all have the courage to follow. Enough. He has said his piece. There is applause. Do we have to listen to this nonsense? <laughs> it appears so. Completely out of keeping with the play. Waiters enters with two plates and places them on the table before the diners. Ah, desert at last. Plenty of sand. We're getting near the end then. Almost there. It's the last course. Dinner is over. What are we waiting for? It can't be too abrupt. It will end soon. Mm, in a minute. You can't string it out too long. Mm, not too long. They'll be waiting for the next play. Or the interval. Whatever. We can end it then. It is the end. It is Finished. It is the end. It is over, thank God. I say, I, I wouldn't mind a cup of coffee and a cheese board if you have it. Damn! The end. Yay! <laughs> what the chicken did we have? <laughs> <laughs> oh, my oh, yes. Oh, wow. Okay. <laughs> so, uh, I wanna, I wanna, I wanna start before I ask any questions as we get into the uh, the discussion part of the podcast here. I wanna start with your first reaction to Dude. the play. Dude. Tell, tell me, tell me, Liz. Dude, <laughs> no, it's uh, it's interesting, man. This is uh, this is like, yeah, uh. What do you think, Sharon? <laughs> I was I thought I was kind of with it at first. I mean in the beginning I thought it was sort of like that I 
just hate it when you go to restaurants and you think they made up words to with the coolie and all this kind of garbage that they throw at you to make it sound fancy uh-huh. so they can charge $10 more a plate. Uh-huh. Yeah. And that's where I thought it was going with in the beginning, and then it took a really hard left, and I have no idea where I ended up. Timbuktu, apparently. Oh, well, well. <laughs> but um, that's where I thought it was headed, and that was kind of amusing to me. But apparently I was completely wrong. Uh, Christina, any, any first thoughts off? I didn't understand a lick of it. I'll be uh-huh. perfectly honest with you. Sure. Didn't get any of it. But I could totally picture it in my head. The staging of it and the costumes and the dancing and the sub-musical numbers that would be taking place underneath. And there would be these other people with, with Like mimes in the background. <laughs> Just, there would be, it would be an explosion and and even like pumped in smells i just it would just be this something crazy completely unexpected but i i still didn't understand it i didn't get it uh okay now now that like my brain is is processed there's there's almost like to me it's like martha graham meets like blake edwards oh yeah i can see you know it's just like let's just you know crash the two together Mm -hmm. let's let's crash the Sure. Like crazy absurdity. With, and let's you know, see what yeah. let's see what yeah. sticks, Charlie right? Meets Blake Edwards. Why not? Any any initial thoughts? Uh, again, I was just initially in my head. I was thinking of Chippy Chopper, like I wanted to. Tell <laughs> sure, her, yeah. sure. You know, I want some food. I want some food, and then it was just these plates that, you know, they were empty, but yet they contained so much, right? And again, yeah. I, I'm with Christina. It was just I thought, and and shared as well. It's like you know, I thought in the beginning, I was like, oh yeah, this makes sense. And then as I'm reading, I'm like, I have no freaking idea what sure. they're talking about. Yeah, I so, you know, y'all know, and I say it at the beginning of every podcast, you know, we we here have a love for the weird. I especially have a love for the weird. And one of the things about uh, this type of work is it's a lot like going into an art museum, I think, and looking at something that's uh, expressionist, perhaps, or, or, or postmodernist, and expecting to see a picture. But instead, what you're going to get is... A statement of some sorts. So I wonder if this might help. And I just want to throw this at you and see if you have any any response to it. As in, the label for this piece of artwork would say menu number three? Something no, along those lines. probably say chickens. Right. <laughs> so so uh, the, the author does give us this synopsis at the beginning that I didn't read on purpose because I wanted to get your, an audience's, as readers, but an audience's first thoughts back. But the author gives us this synopsis. Two diners have a meal at the Café Irreal. This short play demonstrates and explains the theory of irreal writing. Now, I realize that you just heard that seconds ago, but I wonder if anybody has any thoughts on on that and whether you thought the author might be successful in in that. Um, I will supplement that with something that I underlined as we were coming through here. This is on page six, by the way, where (coughs) Chef says... And why should we enter this realm, which we are so reluctant to experience? Because it is the center. It is the source of creation, and the next step on the way, we should all have the courage to follow. Yeah, that's that actually uh, is funny that you underlined that, because that's, that's what I'm still processing. That really uh, stuck with me, uh, that, that idea that, of this sort of journey to the center of the Earth, universe, whatever. Um, yeah, I mean, it definitely makes me want to actually pursue... Uh, Informing myself about what a real writing is. I mean, mm-hmm. I think it's successful in that. Liz, know? have you ever encountered anything like this before? I mean, ab- I mean absurdism probably. Was it, uh, oh yeah, absurdism. Was it Ionesco? Uh, sure. Yeah. Uh-huh. Oh yeah. Um, 
you know, I mean, there's, I mean, you, you see absurdity in, in everything. You know, I remember doing a production of The American Dream with uh, by Albie. You know, so I mean, there's there's absurdity in everything I do. <laughs> Take that for what no, but I mean no, but truly chickens, um, period. Yeah, chickens, exactly. No, but I, it's it's interesting. It's interesting. So yeah, then I think if you've been a theater student in the latter half of the twentieth century, you've definitely encountered something like this. So along the lines of the synopsis of the purpose as given to us by the author, does anybody else have any Thank thoughts you for on that? Including us. I was just looking at the address of the author in New Zealand, so I was mm -hmm. kinda Curious as to you know where this person lives. Is it some place where it's very remote, yeah, and maybe they go to you know this little restaurant? Maybe it's a common place where they go, and there's sort of that dialogue and discussion oh, between, and awesome. and it actually kind of like you know maybe this is something like a regular occurrence for this author yeah. uh, in her hometown or his yeah. hometown. I have no Brian idea where Otaki, New Zealand. Yeah, I want to find it. I mean, if there is yeah. an extra place, and certainly, you know, if the author wants to fly me there to understand yeah, better, um, I would, if, I would uh, take him up. Well, that's a good idea. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> if you would like Payne Blossom Productions to come to New Zealand, so 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 we have go fund me for that. <laughs> we have a sort of um, we have a sort of open book here, I think, uh, in uh, to answer this next question. Then you know. Talk to me about an aerial diner, right? This takes place in uh, in a in a diner sort of setting, tables and chairs. They bring out food. So, what does it look like? What is what does it serve? Desert, obviously. Uh, Gobi and Sahara here in this context. What does it smell like? I'm really interested in what an aerial. Lord only knows. <laughs> yeah. What do you well? What do you think, Liz? Chickens. Chickens. Oh, uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's kind of like ayahuasca. Sharon. If you ever watch the sorry, if you ever watch the. Uh, well, what was it? Trading Spaces. Oh, and there was the episode where the woman put all the furniture on the ceiling. Oh, gosh. <laughs> I can kind of see something like that. Mm -hmm. Have mm -hmm. the tables hanging from the ceiling rather than actually being on the ground. It smells like gum. Gum? Uh, the plates yeah. are magnetic, so they stick to the tables. But mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and almost like a Willy Wonka chocolate mm -hmm. factory kind of approach where like nothing makes sense, but when you're in that environment, it all makes sense. Or Dr. Seuss. Okay, sure. Yeah, Dr. Seuss sort of. Feel, yeah, or Wonka. Yeah, I, I get that. I think that uh, as, as long as it's, well, I don't know. Uh, uh, let me finish my thought. I was going to say, as long as it's consistent, but then I immediately came back on myself with, or not, <laughs> right? Uh, then it may, maybe it doesn't really matter. I guess it depends on the statement that you're trying to make with the piece. Here's, here's a question, um, and uh, we want to make sure that we say thank you to uh, B.E. Turner for, yeah. uh, for uh, and, and and this is this is asked with 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 respect to the writer and to anybody who might be listening. Would you choose this play? Would you choose if you had, say, uh, uh, an, an array of any you know number of ten minute plays? Is this a play that would catch your eye? Is this something that you would undertake, Christina? I'll start of with you. the plays that I've heard through this podcast mm -hmm. series. This is the play that I would choose to direct before the other ones that I've heard or read. Just for the sure. entertainment of yeah. directing it. Because I think the possibilities are, are endless. Wherever you want to go. What do you think, Michael? Yeah, and, and also, you know, and just from an audience member's perspective, you know, those people going in to see the show, I wonder, you know, would they walk away like, and sort of just look at each other and say, oh yeah, yeah, I got it. Even though they have no clue, <laughs> you know, and kind of look and just you know, so I would be amused to be in the, the lobby 
you know, as people are exiting the theater uh, or the space where this is performed, just to, just to see the reactions and hear the conversations, because I think that's probably the intent of this is to put people in a place in their mind where they're not used to going. Yeah, yeah. What's going on here? What's this right. really about? What are they trying to get at? That right. sort of thing. Yeah. yeah. I, I think it'd be interesting to actually just sort of have an evening of Timbuktu. Uh, you know, where it's like you have multiple directors. Oh, you know, interesting. Oh, and you okay. Could, you could have like four different directors, maybe even the same ensemble of people. Mm-hmm. Um, and if, actually, going off of it, because I, I do think, you know, I mean, the, the second act is always when the house lights come up, right? So, right. Um, and people go out to the lobby. So, I mean, it, it'd be cool too to have, um, you know, people kind of like sneaking around, seeing what uh, seeing what people are saying, and then reporting back. I guess because um, I would that would be really interested in that too. But it'd be interesting to have this performed, you know, by multiple directors and just see where it does go sure. within the little um, ensembles yeah. and what they create. Any any further thoughts on that, Sherry? Sorry, Mr. Turner, this would not be my favorite. <laughs> I like my stuff a little more real. It was amusing, but I like my stuff a little more real, so no, I wouldn't. Hey, I, I think that that's fair. Well, we want to thank B.E. Turner for your awesome play. Thank you very much. Timbuktu is the name of the play. We want to thank all of our performers here this evening as well. Thank you for joining us tonight. And, of course, we want to make sure we thank our sound technician, Lauren Watkins, and the Productions. We hope you enjoyed the play as well, uh, and if you did, make sure you hit that subscribe button so you get a brand new play every week at 12.01 a.m. on Monday morning. We also, if you enjoyed what you heard, uh, make sure that you rate us on iTunes. That really helps us out a lot, and share it with your friends. Uh, thank you so much for joining us, and we'll see you again next week. Bye-bye, everybody. Hey. Hey.